You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Welcome to American Sex, the award-winning podcast dedicated to challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals that we have in the U.S. I'm Sunny Megatron, and my co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg. We're sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and ridiculous, sadistic kinksters. We're also non-monogamously married to each other. So strap in or strap one on. In this house, your pleasure is power. Your kink is customizable. And your subversive perversions are revolutionary. Welcome, my friends, to episode 213 of American Sex. I'm your host, Sunny Megatron, a clinical sexologist, kink educator, and host of the Showtime original series, Sex with Sunny Megatron. So are you curious about switching and BDSM? How does it work? And what exactly does switching encompass? And what is absolutely not allowed? And what about all of those things that we hear about switches? Like the fact that supposedly they don't actually exist. They're just confused doms, or maybe they're confused subs who just haven't figured out their true natural identity yet. Or maybe switches do exist, but switches are no fun to play with because they're not good at bottoming. They're not good at topping because their heart truly isn't in one or the other identity. And by the way, you can hear the sarcasm in my voice, right? This episode, our guest, Queen Anna Blue, gets down to the switchy, nitty-gritty, and clears up a bunch of switch misconceptions. We also cover the topics of switch erasure, switch drop, challenges that cis men face embracing their switchy side, overcoming switch imposter syndrome, and a bunch more. A little more about Queen Anna Blue. She identifies as a pansexual, sadomasochistic, black leather poly player. She's a pro-dom and lifestyle switch. And as a professional BDSM worker, she enjoys creating personalized scenes where people can live out their desired fantasies and feel accepted and heard. As a lifestyle switch, she enjoys the connection and vulnerability involved in exploring all sides of the slash with her partners. Queen Anna enjoys teaching because she enjoys talking to people and helping others feel welcome and safe. BDSM education shouldn't be a secret, and she excels at making people feel accepted, important, and helping people understand that they have power and beauty, no matter what side of the slash they might be on in their kinky journey. You can read Queen Anna's full bio and get all of her links in the show notes. And also, this is an encore airing of this conversation that was originally had in 2020. And I feel that it didn't get as much love as it should have. And this is a timeless, wonderful topic. Now, before we get to that, let's really quickly wash the balls. That is what we call housekeeping here on American Sex, where I briefly tell you about other need-to-know things or just like what's going on, checking in, yada, yada. So first, on a personal level, yes, the world is still rough. 
things are rough. Uh, every day is rough. And it feels really weird going about business as usual. Just throwing that out there because we're all just sitting here listening to a podcast like, no, no, this is happening. Yes, it's happening. But maybe just for a few minutes, we can have a little escapism and talk about switching. Also, me and my family are in the midst of selling everything we own, and we're moving to a small, remote Portuguese island. So all of that, that's just weird. It is an adventure. I also wanted to welcome our Australian listeners. So my TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, is re-airing on SBS in Australia right now. And I am getting tons of messages from your side of the world, that you're enjoying the show, that you're happy to meet me for the first time. And I'm happy to have you here at American Sex Podcast, which you definitely don't have to be American to listen to or enjoy. Now, aside from that, there's not a whole bunch going on, the usual, and of course, free stuff. First, go grab my free kink negotiation and scene starter mini workbook. And that link is in the show notes, aka the episode description. And in those links, you're also going to find URLs for our kink-friendly American sex discord server and links to my gumroad shop where you can take some of my on-demand classes, book coaching sessions, etc. Our Patreon page is there. And our sponsors links, and of course, our guest links as well. And lastly, if you enjoy this podcast and the work that I do, please subscribe, like, and help us spread the word. Tell your friends about it, post your favorite episode on social media. You know how sexuality professionals get suppressed online everywhere. So any boost you want to give absolutely helps and is tremendously appreciated. Oh, one last thing. Keep an eye on my social media and my newsletter around Black Friday because I am cooking up some great deals on sex education, BDSM education, gear, toys, and a lot more. Okay, so that's it. These balls are clean. Here is Switching with Queen Anna Blue. All right, American fuckers, I have on the line oh, Anna Elgos, who A, I am super excited to talk to, and B, super excited to talk about switching. Hi, Anna. How are you? Hey, Anna. Hi there. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here to talk about switches. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So before we hit the record button, Ken said something that I was like, oh, my goodness. He's like, you know... And we were talking about how there's no books about being a switch. There's either, you know, here's a book about being a dominant. Here's a book about being a submissive. There's nothing on switches. And and he said that switches are the, like, shampoo and conditioner two-in-one of the BDSM world. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I need to use that line. Ken, I'm stealing that line. Totally do. And by the way, that is not meant in any derogatory fashion in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Just want to throw that out there because I kind of am a switch myself. Like I don't really, really, it's weird. I don't really identify as one. I would, like, I was gonna bring that up. I was gonna let's get there. Let's first okay, dive yeah, into yeah, like what switching stuff. is do before we get to switching two hundred one and Ken's dynamic personality. <laughs> so, um, talk to us about BDSM roles. Like you know, there's lots of people listening. There's people listening who have been in the lifestyle for decades, and there's people listening who are like, what does BDSM stand for? So give us like the elevator pitch on what are your what are the standard BDSM roles we could be? 
Okay. Well, first of all, I'll, I'll begin with saying that no matter what you hear, that's just a certain definition for maybe a certain region. Uh, what's great about the kink community, BDSM, is that it's so fluid. It's on a spectrum. My, the people that take my classes will always hear me say that it's fluid. It's on the spectrum. It's fluid. It's on the spectrum. Don't keep yourself in a box. But for the most part, when it comes to BDSM and kink, the basically the quote unquote two roles, main roles that we always talk about is the person that is doing the action and the person that's receiving the action. Mm -hmm. And so you might hear someone say, hey, I'm a top. I love giving the action. I'm a bottle, a bottom. I love receiving the action. Right. And then with that, you you have as many roles that's as wide as your imagination. Like, if you want to be a water bottle, you be the best water bottle you can be. <laughs> <laughs> I want to role play a water bottle now. Drink me. Drink me, daddy. Drink me. Okay. Um, so- <laughs> squirt, squirt, wop, wop. <laughs> Daddy's thirsty. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Okay. So um, I know when a lot of people are new to kink, a lot of, you know, the people that, that Ken and I educate tend to be either, you know, newbies, curious kinksters, that sort of thing. And so a lot of people, when they come into the community or get into kink, even if they're not involved in community, they think like, oh my God, I have to know what I am. I have mm-hmm. to pick a role. Like if you go to put in your FetLife profile, I remember this. Yep. When I was when on FetLife, it was like 2009 or something when I first went on FetLife. And I was new to kink. And one of the first things is like the drop down menu, pick your role. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm so new. <laughs> I don't know what I am. So how necessary is it for someone to pick a role, whether they're brand new or whether they've been in kink for two decades? Well, first of all, you have to tell yourself, it's okay to not know what you don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have all lifetime, your whole lifetime to figure out things. And labels really just help other people um, to understand what you're into. And so I think FetLife actually has now, you can put undecided. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Yeah. I, I think, think so. I, I think. Kingster was like, the, it might yeah, be Kingster yeah. was yeah. the closest thing. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to trying to figure out who are you, I tell a lot of new people are returners to kink that make a list of the things you like, you know, maybe you like receiving spankings, but then maybe you like giving people whippings. And mm. so just make a list of the things you like to receive and the things you like to give. And if you don't want to put a label on it, you don't. I know some switches that don't want to call themselves switches. They're like, I'm a top I'm a dominant, but every once in a while I'll bottom. But I don't want to be called a switch. <laughs> so you know, I, I, I yeah. have something to contribute to that. And this is interesting to me because I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And I think that a lot of this is due to the acceptance of Zoomers and Millennials. I know that a lot of the shaming I got for being a top and wanting to bottom came from my submissives. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, yeah, that's a lot of it because they, they didn't want to have a daddy that would bottom for anybody or they didn't want to have a top that would ever bottom. And so there was a very non-binary. I mean, it was very or it was very binary. It was very either you are a dominant or you are a submissive. There is no in between mm-hmm. in the more time. And like, keep in mind, I'm, I'm fucking old. 
And this, yeah. you know, the, like when I when I had started this, there was no internet. There was no, you know, there was no anything. It was in the eighties. We didn't um, know about spectrums and fluidity back spe- then. Yeah, spectrum <laughs> and fluidity, but like I'm seeing that come out more and more. So this is the this is the thing I love about younger educators that they are mentors to us, even if we have maybe more lifetime experience. We don't necessarily have the most breadth of experience because of our narrow start. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have noticed that, you know, as Ken said, there's some stigma in being a switch. Yeah. And maybe, yes, that's changing a little bit now that we're, you know, getting more modern in our brains and learning about fluidity. But I've also noticed that switches tend to get completely overlooked. You know, like we said, there's no books on switching. Um, there's, it's always, you know, who oh, are you a top or a bottom? Are you a dumb or the a bisexuals sub? of the BDSM? Yeah. Right? It's like bisexual erasure. It's, yeah. it's like switch mm-hmm. erasure. erasure. Do you feel that as a switch? Like, am I on to something or am I off base here? You are on it guys. Oh my goodness. So I feel sometimes people look down on switches because we're so stuck in this. You have to be a top or you have to be a bottom robotic mode. And if you are a dominant and you say you want to bottom sometimes, people look at you and go, well, are you really a dominant? Are you sure you're not weak? Or if a submissive says that they want to top sometimes, people look at the submissive and go, ooh, so I guess you must be bratty, huh? And that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. People know how to car- compartmentalize and know when like okay we're going to negotiate consent to these things and this is the role i'm going to have and if i say i'm going to top i'm going to top if i'm going to bottom i'm going to bottom but some people are just like no you're a switch you're going to be bratty i can feel it yeah yeah and just to complicate things even more especially for listeners listening along you know and i've said this before that in the bdsm world we tend to use the words top and bottom and, and dom and submissive interchangeably. However, mm-hmm. if you get like really particular on the definition, topping and bottoming, like from, you know, its origins from the gay community means you're either a receiver or a giver. So mm-hmm. to complicate that even more, and I, I, I look at Ken, cause you do this, you will do activities that would be considered bottoming or receiving, but you do them in a very dominant way, like stick that in my ass now, you little slut, you know? Um, so that's even <laughs> more that confusing. Really <laughs> <laughs> Where's the popcorn? I want to see this. Yeah, totally, totally. Peg me harder. Like, I've done that. I've done that. Like, I uh, Uh, generally... Don't uh, you stop. stop. (laughs) You're making me a little wet in the pants. Okay, anyway, that's for later. We're not going to record that. Um, Or maybe we should, because people are doing really well on OnlyFans. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. um, But, like, for me as a dominant... I really love the sensation of being flogged with a nice leather heavy flogger because it's like a massage. Mm-hmm. But I don't like to do it in a submissive way. And it's also a mind fuck to make a submissive flog their dominant and be like, no, yes. a little to the left. You know, so, you, you know. I, you, I remember you used to do the dishes. Yeah. I come in with the, uh, mm-hmm. I would do, do oh, the double so dragon good. tails and you'd be like, do it left, harder, up, yes, down. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it's like. You know, that's, I think, really a testament to fluidity and mm-hmm. to, you know, the spectrum and to there are a lot less rules in BDSM than we think there yeah. are, and we can really customize it. So I just want, I really want to throw mm-hmm. that in there as like, for people who are, you know, new to these terms and like, but can't you? Yes, you can. You can. The answer <laughs> is yes, you can. Um, 
So tell me about your experiences as a switch. I want, I guess I want to go back to sort of your kinky origins. Did you start out as a submissive, as a, a dominant? Did you know you were a switch? Like, what's your personal switch journey? All right. So my journey is to me, to me, it's funny. We'll see. It's funny to everyone else. But <laughs> <laughs> I started actually in the swinger community. Um, I got out of a very vanilla four year relationship and I kept bringing books to my guy saying, Hey, let's do these things. This looks great. It's like rope and whipping and spanking. He goes, Oh, that looks like it's going to hurt. And I was like, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, okay, we really aren't a match. And so broke up, uh, started joining all these online dating sites, kept meeting people, making friends, me- making lovers, and just we're like, hey, let's go to all these swinger parties. And it was just, it was fun and stuff. But, you know, um, uh, but I was more, I, I like communication and making sure people are safe. Mm-hmm. And the turning point for me was when I asked this guy for his STI test. And I was like, hey, what are, I need to see your results before we do anything down south. And he goes, I don't, I haven't been to the doctor in two years. I'm not bumpy. We are good to go. <laughs> I was oh. like, no, we ain't. No, we ain't good to go. Um, <laughs> and I recognize in the community how there's such uh, emphasis on communication right. and safety. And so I realized that I was more really into like the connections with people more than just physical satisfaction. And so I just started going to dungeons more, taking classes. And then I began as a submissive because I enjoyed receiving things. I'm really like you, like you mentioned, you know, the heavy flogging feels like, you know, massage. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm all into that. I'm still all into like, just beat me with the flogger. I'll just sit there and fall asleep. Like, yes. <laughs> I'm just so relaxed in my subspace. And then I had some friends go, hey, um, can you can you try spanking me? I trust you. Can you use a flogger on me? And I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens. And I was like, ooh, the power. Okay. I'm, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I started taking classes and learning how to do this on other people. But then I also realized that it's not just about, you know, the the hard skills of knowing how to use implements, but it's also about the soft skills of negotiation, talking to people, check-ins, aftercare, learning about mental domination, verbal domination, you know, first mm-hmm. aid, all these things. And I think society sometimes get mixed up where they just see all the beauty and fanfare of it and porn and movies and trying to tell someone like, no, before you do that, take a class. Like, take a class. I'm not in college anymore. But it's just like, there's so much to BDSM. Yeah, there there is so damn much. I wish there was like BDSM associates degree. Like we can make everyone go to school or something. Yes. In you know, in my dominant fantasies i can force student everybody anyway um (laughs) so that's how you discovered switching do you find that there are clear benefits to someone being a switch like does how does it make you a better top how does it make you a better bottom by being on both sides of the flogger or the you know sadomasochism or whatever you're doing Well, being a switch, in my opinion, the benefits are, well, you understand how important warm up is when you're playing because you're like, okay, if I have a good warm up, then I am really able to take a little bit more in my scene. If um, I also understand how important aftercare is, I'm checking in on people a little bit more. 
Um, and there's just so much benefit about c- connections to people. And it's not just, okay, we're going to use this toy and you know your colors. All right, let's go. It's like I'm really tuning into the person and making sure that we're both having a good time. Mm-hmm. And I just feel it's a little it's a little special in that respect. Now, I also want to say that there is some controversy where people say, well, tops need to try their toys too on themselves. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What's the controversy? <laughs> Tell me. Oh, okay. So this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion, but I'm I say it. I love unpopular opinions. <laughs> Spill all the tea. Do it. Okay. Queen Anna is saying you don't have to try your toys on yourself. <gasps> if Gasp! What? If you know how to do warm-up and do check-ins on your person. Don't just... Oh, oh okay. Woo! Let me calm down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... You don't have to like every toy you buy as a dominant. As a Switch, there are some things I like to do on people. I'm not going to do on myself. <laughs> yeah. But I know how to do those things safely because I check in with this person. I check their circulation. I'm checking the bruising spot, make sure that it's okay. I'm asking the person. We have verbal um, safe words. We have nonverbal safe words. I am uberly checking in on my person to make sure that they okay especially if it's a toy that i have not tried on myself um some people think that well doms need to try everything doms need to switch sometimes too and you you don't just be safe Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) yeah so i have a, a question for both of you actually that sort of dovetails off something that i read on sunny's tiktok um, and that is, there was a couple of people asking, what is the best way to get rid of bruises after heavy impact play? Ooh. Oh, that's funny. I just made a post about that on Facebook um, because someone told me, use vinegar. And I was like, I need to see some. Vinegar? Some, some, um... You should have seen all our faces. It was like, <laughs> we just drank vinegar. We're like, what? <laughs> okay. I mean, I've heard Arnica and vitamin E tablets kind of squeezed out yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah. I wondered if Ar- you, yeah. But, but you have a unique perspective as a giver and receiver of, you know, big bruisey stuff. So I was wondering if you had any different perspective as to how to get rid of bruises. Well, let's see here. Um, I would definitely say, you know, have Arnica, massage the spot. Um, yeah, vitamin E oils, pills. Let's see what else. Um, lotion the spot after you have done the impact just to keep the skin nice and soft that's so it doesn't get all very, dry and crackly. That's a very, good point. Most people try to treat this as though it's not just the uh, the muscle underneath. So a lot of people just approach the muscle and don't approach the tissue. Uh, and I think that's really yeah. important to get it, you know, moisturize it and bring it back. Yeah. And mm. I've talked to some um, personal trainers that have taught me you need to massage the spot to help kind of break up the bruise. And then you put ice on it the first 24 hours and then after 48 hours, after you've done impact, a heavy impact scene, then put heat on it. Some people will alternate, but a lot of what I'm hearing is you put ice on it like the first day or so. And then a day or two later, then use your, your heat compressions. Ooh, I like that. I asked. I like Good advice. Yeah. Okay, so switching. 
Because I am just imagining, I don't know, I'm kind of like the the den mother of the kinky people. I actually (laughs) just figured out mathematically, I'm approaching the age where I can be the grandmother of kinky people who are over 18. Yeah, I was like, if I I had a kid when I was 16, and that kid had a kid when they were 16, that kid would be turning 18 next year. So I am on the precipice of being a kinky grandma. Um, and if any never, if anyone never believed black doesn't crack, look at me and look at Sonny and know that we're about a year apart. And I have a gray beard like Santa Claus <laughs> down to my belly button. I, I've aged 30 years in two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. You, you still look like you're in your 30s, sweetheart. Honestly. Oh, good. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, anyway, so, oh shit, what was I just saying? Uh, kinky grandma. Oh, so I'm imagining there's all of these American fuckers listening. That's what we call our listeners. Like, (laughs) I am a switch and I am, I am having a really hard time. Like, personally, is there imposter syndrome? Like, when you are a switch, Mm -hmm. how much do you question, like, Am I doing the right thing? And am, am I presenting myself the right way? What do people think of me? Like, I imagine that there is, but tell me about that. Oh, man, there's so much. Okay, the one of the main questions I hear from other switches is, well, how do I introduce myself to people? Um, and I say, well, it depends on who you're talking to. If you see a person you want to bottom to, you tell them that, hey, I'm a switch, but I would re- I'm interested in bottoming to you. You just be honest, but say kind of your preference. And so depending on your region, you, some people will say, hey, I'm top leaning or top heavy switch or bottom leaning, bottom heavy switch. And so when you have the qualifier in front, like top or bottom, then this person knows like, okay, you're a switch, but this is the role you have most of the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what about for people who are in, uh, you know, 24 seven dynamics, let's say that they live with their dominant, and they're normally submissive on a pretty constant basis. Are there people like that, that every once in a while in a play situation, dominate? Like, do do you see that often? Is that a thing? Um, sometimes you'll have people that are in a dynamic where both are switches and mm-hmm. they might switch back and forth with each other. Or mm-hmm. you might see dynamics where one of them might be a switch and that person um, plays with other people when they ha- want to have a different role because their primary partner doesn't switch. Mm. And that's okay, too. The main point is that everyone communicates about what they want and can make sure that expectations are really discussed so everyone's needs are being met okay okay so other question is how common is it for somebody to switch during the same scene like does that happen and what might that look like um, I don't know. I wouldn't know. I don't know if it's really common, but it can happen. Okay. And um, sometimes switching scenes can look really fun. Uh, because sometimes in, there might be a struggle where um, maybe they'll begin a scene with, hey, we have to fight to see who will top. Um, mm-hmm. So watching those uh, almost like take down conquer scenes like I am the top now. Um, 
can be fun or you might have some people they'll play like hey you know we'll top for I'll top for 30 minutes and then you'll top the next 30 minutes but then you have to be careful of like switch drop because some people mentally and emotionally can't switch in the same night because um it just really affects them mentally where you know Sub drop and top drop can be crazy as it is, but when you're having top drop and bottom drop at the same time, you just like all the emotions, <laughs> robot breakdown. I never really thought about that. Like, you know, because I know just from not like I am the most up on the science behind top drop and, and sub drop, but from what I've read and the little bit that they've studied, they seem to activate some of the same things like you know physiologically Mm -hmm. like your neurotransmitters and you know all your body chemicals but they also seem to activate different things like the i want to say there was a study at northern illinois university that found that after sadomasochistic scenes tops had was it a drop in cortisol it was something but they didn't find the same thing happening in subdrop so that's really interesting. Have you gone through that where you've had top drop and sub drop at the same time? And like, how was it different than just, you know, a, a single? Oh, how is a, I guess, a mono drop different than a, no mono is singular. <laughs> it's a mono duo drop. I don't know. Different than a una, uni drop. <laughs> I like that. Yes, I've had switch drops um twice and I and I and I figured out what what was what happened because the first time it happened I had done um like f- five scenes in one night where I was like switching back and forth on the top on the bottom on the top on the bottom and I was just having fun but then like the next day I was just like I am uber tired and just emotionally drained give me popcorn and sprite and leave me alone um and then I did another time where I like did that like back and forth three times and I was like why I'm not just physically tired I'm just gone and then I was like oh I'm having top and bottom drop because I'm you you get into this mode of like okay did I give them enough was that was I nice to them um why do I feel guilty am I on this high am I on this low like I'm missing. Did I get enough spankings myself? Um, did everyone get aftercare? Did I get aftercare? And your mind's just going crazy. And so I learned to not have so many scenes in one night, um, and because or in uh, a day, because it just really makes my drop go insane. Mm. Yeah, that's a lot of scenes for a day. Yeah, that like I can't even. That's a lot. That would be too much. It sounds fun while you're doing it, but the aftermath, it's like the hangover. The BDSM yes. hangover sounded wicked. I like that. But like, you know, when we're talking about switching in the same scene. There is always one thing that comes to mind when I think of that scenario. And it's, I think it's the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, where they're both hitmen. And there's <laughs> one scene where they're, I think they're supposed to like kill each other or something. Yeah. And they're like, fighting and then fucking and then fighting and then and it is like the hottest thing and i Mm -hmm. think about that when i think like switching in the same scene and i know um midori who's a bdsm educator that i adore one of her um negotiation you know tips or techniques like for alternate negotiation is to first find a movie 
like a scene in a movie that you think is really hot and to emulate either whether you're emulating the exact role play or you're emulating just the emotions in that scene between the characters. Mm -hmm. And so if anyone's out there listening going, I want to do a, you know, switch in one scene, go rent Miss, go rent. What am I in the 1980s? (laughs) Go Buster. Go to your Blockbuster, people. Go to Blockbuster. <laughs> Get your card. Blockbuster came in the mail. <laughs> go, go mail in your Netflix DVD so you can get another oh one. Oh my gosh! My yes. grandma is showing. Okay. Um, Telephone <laughs> connected to the wall. <laughs> you know what I mean. Watch that movie for some scene inspiration. And if Casablanca. You- <laughs> That's Humphrey Bogart. All right, Grandpa. All right. Oh my God. Um. So Ken. All right. Well, we'll yes, get to Tony. you now that we <laughs> now that we have have laid a good framework about switching, and we're all mm-hmm. on the same page here. So Ken, you have been a dominant for what thirty years at least, right? Yeah. Thirty plus. Um. And a- as you said, you grew up in a time where it was not cool to be a switch or even like a male but I submissive. Remember, I started off as a submissive. Right. A, you know, right. That's- so, what about Ken when he, you know, because lately, I don't know, like for those listening who haven't been watching our Get Focal live streams, uh, recently you had said to me that you would do chastity. Yeah, I've been with feeling me. subby lately, but it, only with you. Like it's yeah, yeah. You know. So you've been feeling subby with me, and in that particular situation, with which I there's a rainforest in my pants right now. I'm so tickled and delighted that that's going to happen. <laughs> However, <laughs> do you consider yourself a switch, or Anna? Would you consider him a switch? I want to hear his answer. How are you going to answer this, Ken? Yeah, I I honestly don't know. Like I'm not so worried about labels. Um. But it's, uh, I'm definitely a top, you know, I, I don't know if I'm a bottom heavy switch or a top heavy yeah. bottom or like, I, cause I know I'm a service top. I'm a very heavy corporal, like punishment, psychological play service top, but I also like mm-hmm. some level of humiliation play and, uh, things like that as a bottom. I don't know what to call it. Okay. I, I don't need, I don't necessarily need a name. I don't know if switch is appropriate. But it's not not appropriate. Yeah. Are you at the point where you're just like, fuck these labels? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it really needs a label. I'm not even like, I fuck all labels. There are some things, you know, like I'm definitely a cis man, for one thing. Yeah. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely, you know, but like the things that I'm questioning now, like, would be more, am I more submissive than I originally? Yeah. What was your, I guess, like psychological journey like realizing was it hard for you to admit to yourself like there's a little subby part of me that wants to come out like did you wrestle with that the hardest part was not having supportive partners and it made it so that i felt embarrassed as though i should like so i the partners that i had were doing more to enforce toxic masculinity Mm. than to give me the option to Uh. Not give me, I guess that's the wrong term. Yeah. They weren't preventing me, but like it's shaming me to, you know, be only a top. Right. Yeah. Anna, I would love to get your perspective on this because I think this conversation brings up a bigger trend that I have personally been observing. I don't know if it's just like anecdotally what I see and it's not true or if you see it too, but I have noticed that it seems like people who are women, you know, non binary, pretty much anyone who's not a cis man. Um, mm-hmm. feels more comfortable 
saying, yeah, I'm a switch. I've, and I, I've seen specifically in cis men that they're just like, no, I'm the dummiest, tuppiest, tuppiest, tup. And it's a real psychological struggle to let their their subby or switchy side out. Is that just me or do you kind of get those vibes too? You are on it. I actually just made a post on TikTok about how people that, that society says, oh, if you like pegging, you must be gay. Guys can't like pegging. And I was like, F that. You can be a straight guy that likes pegging. You can be a cis guy that likes to be a switch. It's all about society and their views of this well, you're a male and you must be dominant. You're a cis male, then you really got to be dominant. Oh, you're a cis male who wants to bottom. Ooh, then you must be gay. And then it's just like, okay, wait, hold up. So it, you're you're sounding like you're making being gay a bad thing. Um, and it's okay to be straight. It's okay to be gay. It's okay to not even know what you are. Um, and if a cis male wants to bottom every now and then, and he's also a dominant, he can call himself whatever he wants. If he wants to identify as a switch, he can identify as a switch. If he wants to say that I'm a dominant that likes to bottom sometimes, he can say that. Mm -hmm. And whatever you call yourself, that's your label. Because again, these labels are really for other people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm more interested in that. And I think that kind of puts the nail on the head right there is that I'm more interested in actual play and doing something submissive than I am in talking about it and giving myself a label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like for those out there listening who don't fall into the, you know, straight man dominant, uh, help normalize that shit. Normalize, yeah. you know, that we don't have to stick to such rigid gender roles in kink. Like it. And if we want to play with those, I mean, sometimes it's therapeutic to play with those dynamics, you know, to be mm -hmm. like, I'm going to act like a manly man so I can work out my, my, you know, shit, my toxic, toxic masculinity shit. Or sometimes as women, as very feminist women, we choose to be submissive and act in a very stereotypically like, you know, 1950s housewife kind of way, because that we're working through some shit, you know, mm -hmm. and that's fine. But I think we take that outside of the scene and we try to emulate those roles in like you know the default non-scene time and i think that's dangerous and toxic yeah I don't, yeah yeah um so speaking of your tiktok i fucking love your tiktoks <laughs> if anyone listening if you're not on tiktok get on it if you are on tiktok make sure your silly switch anna is your yes handle, right? silly underscore switch underscore anna because all my other social media is more from like my pro dommy side and i wanted something where i can be a little switchy be a little silly and so that's when I joined TikTok this summer and have gone crazy with making posts about Zoom. And I have my little segment. What did they just say? Yes. And oh, oh, I love that. I was going to ask you. Okay, do it again. What did they just say? Do it. I love it. <laughs> what did they just say? Oh. And, and so I just point out, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to point out dumb things people say. That whole thing about like... Um, when you say to a female presenting person, did you learn that from a man? What did you just say? Or, you know, if you're if you're into pegging, then you must be gay. Our switches aren't real. I've had people or or my other favorite one that I got was um, there are no books on BDSM. And I was just like, man, I don't know what I've been reading. Must have been looking at pages in my dreams. Um, 
Just all this random stuff. Yeah, that is so helpful. Like, I just love all those what did they just say things. Um, but I mean, some truth, there is, is at least as far as we know, like if anyone listening knows if there's a book on switching, send me a message. Because or better with the, yet, send us a copy. Yeah, with the three <laughs> yes. of us, like we yes. we don't know. So, like I said, Anna, you know, this is the next year or two. Pound out that switching book because <laughs> you've I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you said something. Switches aren't real, and you know this. This really hit home. I think of like in uh, when it comes to sexual orientation, you'll hear that a lot about by men. Bisexual mm-hmm. men aren't real. They're really just, you know, straight guys wanting to be gay. They're on they're on the journey to gay or whatever. Yeah. Um, so what is that uh you know, that that myth in BDSM? What do people really think switches aren't real? Like what do they think? They really yeah, there are some people out there that think switches are just confused tops and bottoms. I just haven't picked a side yet. It's, it's, and it's, it's very toxic and you can have cake and ice cream or you don't just need to stick to cake or just ice cream. Um, so, you know, there's some people that have told me, well, you know, a switch, if I play with a switch, I expect them to be a disrespectful bottom. Are there going to be a top who doesn't know what they're doing? So when I became a, I was a pro switch for a while and then became a pro dom and I would talk to clients that would go, well, you know, I know if I see a switch, they're not going to go hard on me. They're like a dom light. Or if I see a switch, they're going to be a bottom that, you know, might not be able to take a lot. And it would make me laugh, but it was also sad because you're making it seem that switches don't have a lot of skills either. And switches just like the best of both worlds. If anything switches work super hard to be really good bottoms and really good tops when i bottom for someone i try to be the best bottom i can be when i top someone i try to make sure that they're having a good time i'm having a good time we're being safe and i have the skills to make this scene be amazing and memorable yeah you know what sunny and i play a lot of role-playing games like dungeons and dragons and the one thing that i realize about switches is that they're the sort of person that can be a dungeon master or a player at equally well. And for people that like, cause we have a lot of gamers and I don't know if that makes sense to you, Anna, just because like, yeah. I don't know if you're a gamer or not, but like a lot of the people that listen to us are, and those two things are not levels of experience. There's not one thing that's dominant and the other submissive. It's just different perspectives. Cause you can't be a dungeon master without a player. Yeah. And right. I, mean, I would assume and again, you know, I, there's no blanket statements, you know, but I would I would think that switches might tend to be better either dominance or bottoms, depending on what they're doing, because they, you know, it, it grant, you know, I, I hate like not talking in absolutes, but granted yeah. that they have <laughs> done all the studying and they're really good at what they do and they devoted time to education and honing in their craft. You know, that's a given. So assuming mm-hmm. those things, I would think that they would tend to be better because they have spent so much time learning from both perspectives. It's kind of like, right. you know, I, I, I came up as an adult in the corporate world and we would always get really pissed off when 
you know, upper management would hire a, a middle manager that came from a different company or a different industry. And it's like, oh, you always get a better manager when you hire from within. Someone who's worked their way up through the ranks because they've been there. They right. know what the people under them are going through. So do you see that correlation or am I just reading way too fucking much into it? No, it's you're you're right. It's almost you it's almost like you don't want to say it, but you kind of expect that a switch is going to be good at what they do because you're going to be looking at them and be like like honey child you you know what this feels like what are you doing <laughs> like yeah <laughs> you're going to hold them I, I don't know it's almost we we sh you almost hold them to a higher standard even though that sounds wrong but it's almost like okay if you're a switch um you should know that you need to do a good warm up or you should know as a dominant that you need to make as a switch uh, when you top that you need to make sure that this person's getting a good aftercare afterwards because you know when you submit and bottom that you want a good aftercare too mm -hmm. um so it's one of those things where you just like i'm looking at you a little bit harder <laughs> yeah yeah okay so i'm not the only one like I, I i think i would be more demanding or more not even demanding but have higher expectations right that a switch would be really good at what they do and then if they're not i would be like mm. <laughs> yeah you're like, you let me down. You let me down. Exactly. I spoke up for you. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. So like in the, in the bigger realm of kink, because I know you do so much, you, you are just so entrenched in this community and lifestyle from many different angles and facets. Um, you know, COVID shit's a little sideways because none of us can leave our houses. There's mm -hmm. no conventions. There's no, you know, so you have been doing, I know you, you started doing TikTok, which you're fucking fabulous at it. <laughs> Thank um, you. and you do like online classes and stuff. So tell me about that. Yeah. So I do online classes, um, through zoom or sometimes I'll do some people just want to talk over the phone and some people just want to text. And so I'll do texting sessions or someone will pay for like half an hour to an hour just texting or on the phone or we'll do an hour, hour or two through Zoom. And I either have, you know, my one-on-one -on -one classes, my couple classes or my group classes. And then we talk about, you know, whatever topic I have going on that week or someone will message me and go, hey, can you go over this topic with me? And I'll go, sure, just give me like a few days to prepare. And then we have the class and we go. The holiday season is right around the corner, and that means you're about to get even busier. Well, I've got a time-saving secret that can help you cut the time it takes to eat well without having to sacrifice the eating well part. Let Green Chef take the work out of clean eating this holiday season with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes featuring fresh ingredients with nothing artificial. You can choose for over 80 options that change every week, featuring lean proteins like turkey and sockeye salmon, tilapia, scallops, and shrimp, certified organic whole fruits, vegetables, and eggs, and plenty of whole grain options too. And Green Chef has eight meal preferences with options to support every lifestyle and to support your wellness goals without skimping on flavor, like quick and easy protein-packed meals with at least 40 grams of protein per serving, calorie-smart meals that are under 650 calories, Mediterranean, keto, delicious discoveries, gluten-free, and plant-based. 
I love my Green Chef dinners. They're delicious, nutritious, home-cooked meals that I don't have to stress over planning or making. All of the ingredients are pre-portioned and prepped for me, including pre-measured sauces, spices, and dressings. It's like, boop, 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 I am done. And that is perfect for you too when you're trying to power through this bustling holiday season. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. And best of all, for Green Chef's best deal of the year, you're gonna get $250 off with the code SUNNY250 at greenchef.com slash SUNNY250. That's $250 off with the code SUNNY250 at greenchef.com slash SUNNY250. OCD is more than what you see on TV or in the movies. Imagine having unwanted thoughts about your sexuality stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. Relationship OCD is an often overlooked subtype of OCD that can come with unrelenting intrusive images, thoughts, and urges about your partner, loved one, or sexuality. If you think you may be struggling with relationship OCD, there is hope. NOCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NOCD therapists are trained in exposure response prevention therapy, the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NOCD, you can do virtual live face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed specialty trained therapists. It's affordable and they accept most major insurance plans. Breaking the OCD cycle takes effective treatment. To get started, go to nocd.com to book a free 15-minute call. What's also really funny is how I've seen some people um, post things about how they're anti-online classes have you guys seen that no what oh tell oh, me i need I to s- my hairs are standing up are these trump supporters <laughs> <laughs> oh he said it he said it though yeah. um <laughs> uh, yeah i'll send you some posts but it's very interesting how some people say you should not be teaching online classes because you don't know who's in your class what if you're teaching uh, a rapist or a pedophile and then I go, well, when I did these in person, yeah, I I, I didn't know either. So. Right. You can't. You, if you <laughs> could look at someone and they have a neon sign on their forehead going, I'm a pedophile, like our world would be a much different place. I mean, how are now you I know, know next. I know next time when we open, I'm going to sit everybody in a little, you know, uh, what do you call it? The polygraph. Uh, so are you a rapist before you enter this class? Like, no, we well, can't do that. Men or priests. i like him he can say it he maybe couldn't say it but you can totally say it thank you that's true i mean (laughs) wouldn't be any rapist then oh my god but yeah yeah, it's just all these people that are saying you shouldn't be teaching these things online what if someone gets hurt and they say they learned it from your class and um well, I'm going to say, well, they didn't really listen if they say that they learned how right. to be unsafe from my class. And, yeah. you know, uh, we are trying to make sure everyone has access to information. Hence why I have been doing these online classes to help yeah. people keep learning during this time. And, you know, when things do open up, 
we're going to have some of the smartest people in the community because you're going to have the returners and then you're going to have all these new people that have been like, I've been taking classes for a year. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> and it's it's so much more easily accessible. You know, I think about I in the kink community, you know, we, before the shutdown, me and Ken did a lot of conventions and whatnot. And, you know, it always really struck me how it's only the most privileged the most closest to living in cities, the Mm -hmm. most connected to community, like those type of people are really the only people that have access to these classes. And a lot of people who attend classes in person or conventions lose sight of that fact. They think like, well, everybody's going to conventions. It's like, no, yeah, child, they are not. Um, so I love the fact that we can do this online and bring this to so many more people who otherwise would not have been able to. So let me ask you a controversial question because this is something. Ooh, this is gonna, no, bring it, bring it's it. Something I've been wrestling around with. I think I know what I think, but I, I'm curious what you think. So on TikTok. You know, people are like, you should never teach edge play online, blah, 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 blah. And I get you should never teach edge play on TikTok because those are 60 second little fun videos with lip syncing. And (laughs) if you're teaching somebody something really dangerous, you don't have the time to really explain like, here are all the risks or here's the certain procedure that Mm -hmm. I get that. I totally get that. Um, And for those listening along, if you don't know what edge play is, it's like risky activities. Like it could be choke play, fire play, you know, something where even if you're as safe as possible one little like you sneeze wrong and you could hurt somebody um so i get that but at the same time when you're teaching zoom classes for instance you Mm -hmm. can have a two or three hour class where you really Mm -hmm. can get in depth and i i also understand that there are some edge play activities that might require you like i'm thinking when we teach edge play in person ken Nothing that we teach, I'm not speaking for everything, but I'm talking about the stuff that we teach, requires us to have every single person in the class and come up and do whatever we're teaching hands on so we can give them instruction. Like some of it can be your... I I would beg to differ with that with very few exceptions, but electric play, some electric play. Some electric play. You're right, you're right. Okay, yeah. Um, But I would say... Tens unit specifically, like I think that like... But but you can still teach about like tens units. But it's more experiential. It's not like if you haven't felt what this tens unit feels like, you could kill somebody. Like it's not (laughs) a safety thing. Exactly. It's just more like this is what the feel is. But that's very very limited, and I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary for all of us. Exactly. So, but what I'm saying is the the vast majority of edge play classes, and you know, again, I'm not talking absolutes. I'm not saying one hundred percent, but a lot of them don't require hands-on learning by every student in the class. They can be Mm -hmm. done conversationally. And it may be a three-hour class. It could be a whole weekend workshop. I can possibly think of that that's true of, and that is breath play when you're using blood chokes. I I think that people need to have the tactile sensation of what that's like from a medical or martial artist perspective. Yeah. and, and I'm actually planning on doing a TikTok about that, by the way. And I don't <laughs> Thank you. This yes. is the thing, like, I don't know, and I have a, I have a couple of thoughts on this, because one, it's not inherently, is it is it more unsafe to have somebody teaching a very shitty video, or is it safer to have somebody teach an adequate choke play video and not get people killed? 
Yeah, that's... I'm on the fence. Exactly. There's there's a lot of nuance. But I want to hear your perspective, Anna, because we're like okay. going to... We're having our BDSM <laughs> philosophy. Like, do you think it's safe to teach more advanced edge play things in a Zoom class where you could, like I said, have three hours, have a whole weekend intensive, whatever? Here's what I will say. I'm a, I will say I feel like there is nothing wrong with doing online Zoom edge play classes, but... You have to make sure that you have components that really stress safety. Mm-hmm. Um, that talks about, okay, here's the safety of, um, like, for, okay, it's so like, for instance, like breath play. So many people get confused between like breath play and choking and blood choking and face sitting and how you can just do verbal breath play and tell someone to just hold their breath. Yes, um, that's what my exactly, TikTok's going to yeah. be about. That's exactly what, yes. Safe alternatives to choking. So right, easy, like, not going to die. I don't even have die. to touch you yeah. and we're doing edge play. Um, <laughs> a balloon, you know, yeah, like you're saying, hold your breath or a balloon. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, a balloon. balloon. Yeah, like my, my alternative is like, if you want the feeling of choking, you can grab someone like by their jaw. So mm-hmm. you're still feeling like I'm grabbing you by the face. My yep. hand is near your throat, but it's nowhere constricting. And then you could be like, hold your breath for me, slut. Yep. Ten, nine. It, like that's hot as fuck. Yeah, and the and same you're fear not is choking there. someone. Like, <laughs> uh, okay. So anyway, we're on the same page. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. So it's really <laughs> about if you're going to do an online class about edge play, you just have to make sure that you talk about the safety. And so I'm I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. So <laughs> my partner is Sir Ezra, and he mm-hmm. did a class on knife play and fire play and he advertised it on tiktok and people after people were like yes how people were insane like no you can't do that <laughs> and he was just like you do know i'm talking about the safety of knife play and fire play mm-hmm. right because people that have been advertising it on faith on tiktok you know they're not talking about the safety of it they're like right. oh i love knife play and this is how you stab your girlfriend and my partner did classes on knife play and fire play and it's about he went over safety he went over like how to clean your knife where to buy knives different types of knives and people were just like oh so are we gonna so is your class gonna teach people how like stab people and we're just like no it's not because people get confused that some edge play has to do with like blood or you're going to lose a limb like knife play is not blood play because if knife play is blood play that's called blood play (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's called cutting um and you know going over fire play how to you know get the your wands what solutions to use how to make sure that your fuel your fuel sources are far from your igniting sources and it was just insane watching people just go like you can't teach that online and i'm I'm just like you know we're going over safety right keep keep going and and half of this stuff is unexplored like when i started doing electric play there wasn't any books out there you you had to do a couple of things to Kind of not screw up necessarily, but you had to have like a good foundation of knowledge right. wherever you could find it. And I think that like what your boyfriend did is incredible. And like along the same lines, if somebody wants to teach the anatomy and physiology of the neck to mm-hmm. precursor 
choke play. Right. I'm all yeah. for it. Talk about the vasovagal nerve. Talk about the carotid artery. Talk about yep. that stuff. But don't necessarily teach people how. Teach them the yes. safety behind yes. it. Why mm-hmm. are people concerned and about I, this? And I, I think it also boils down to, like, you know, Sir Ezra, very well-respected educator in the community, knows what he's talking about. Give Tell him I say hi, by the way. I will. Um, <laughs> and... You know, if we were taking these classes in a convention environment and the educators for these edge play classes were vetted by the event organizers and and such and such, Sir Ezra would be somebody you would see teaching at a place like that. Because we know that Sir Ezra has the education, has the teaching Mm -hmm. chops to know I need to teach all of these safety precautions and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think where some of the the question lies is now with online, anybody has access to be, I'm doing a class. Yeah. And so we could get like Joe Schmo, who's been in the scene for six months teaching a fireplay class who probably doesn't have the experience or or the teaching knowledge to be able to teach. So I think, you know, that's another thing you know, for for the American fuckers listening along right now who want to take classes online. You know, I think we're all in agreement that most edge play you can teach online, you know, with, yeah. with some exceptions, of course. Um, it, it's, it boils down to vetting your educators. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah. You know, we've used another analogy before that sort of reminds me of this. And there are a number of very popular educators on uh, TikTok that are definitely edutainers, not educators. Yeah. And, and is, although you can learn to drive from the fast and the furious, <laughs> maybe take a driving class. Or if you want to learn how to fuck, go to a sex educator. Don't watch a porn because that's not how. And, and mm-hmm. we work with porn people right. all the time. Like, and I love pornography as an art form, but that's exactly what it is. Much like some of the more popular creators, and I'm not naming any names here, but like you can be popular and not be an educator. Right. Yeah. Right. There's no yeah. requirement to be famous on TikTok. And I, and I think also like, I, I don't, I don't want to get into too much bullshit because I'm not going to mix myself around in the tea, but I think there is a place for, for edutainers. Absolutely. We are for edutainers. Because, yeah. because, you know, to me, it's sort of like the Fifty Shades of Grey phenomenon. Everyone in Kink knows, like, Fifty Shades of Grey is not a manual. It is very unhealthy. It is very... Blah, blah, blah. But you know what? If that, you know, wetted somebody's whistle, and that was the one thing that got them, them into being kink. interested in Kink and got them talking and encouraged them to explore more, to actually learn the right ways to do something, I'm like, that's great. If that was your gateway... Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, just everybody was level one at some point, and we don't necessarily form the best opinions when we're level right. one. You know, yes. and and it's like I think as more seasoned educators, then it's our job to you know not necessarily shame the people that that came in from you know ed, uh, edu or uh, enter yeah edutainer entertainment mm-hmm. uh, gateways. It's our job to be like that's great. Fucking a here. Let me let me help you find some education. So because you know, we have, yeah. Like I, I cannot tell you the amount of inaccurate information I gave at the beginning of my career. Oh before shit! I, had the, you know, <laughs> I look at like, my baby educator. I was like, I was saying all this wrong shit. <laughs> like we've all been there. I was, awful. yeah. I was just yeah. a terrible human in every way, shape, or form, and I said some terrible things in my past. Yeah. And like I'm glad that I had the opportunity to advance 
and keep advancing and keep learning what a fuck up I probably am right now. Yeah, yeah I've had clients that have come to me and say, hey, I saw Fifty Shades of Grey. I saw Netflix bonding. Um, it got me interested and really pushed me to learn more. Yes. And so I appreciate those people. Mm-hmm. And then I had, I so I started an online book club where I read the book to you. And um, then we discuss what we just read. And so um, we just, we're, we're almost done with the new bottoming book. And I had a lady come to me and she goes, I read the bottoming book and I didn't like it. And then she took one of my classes for the book club and I was like, well, you told me you didn't like the book. So how did you like book club? And she was like, I really learned a lot. And I said, okay, well, what have you been reading if you didn't like the new bottom book? And the title she gave me, they were for erotica. And so she was trying to learn from basically porn. And I was like, no, 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 you there. You need to get more educational sources because sure, that probably got you wet. But how's your mind right now? Did you learn anything? You know, um, so some people confuse like, oh, it's written down. It must be educating me. But no, that's that's fun. You need to learn about other stuff. But then I also learned that some people just don't have the patience to read and so they need to just be taught like the practical logical stuff like right away like okay why do I need this teach me skills and then talk to me about why I'm doing this and so I understand that too so that's why I feel like online classes are great because you get to hear someone talk maybe do a demonstration and then you don't have to sit there and read a book for five hours Mm -hmm. yeah not everyone's a reader and not you know I I learn so much better by seeing and you know, I read a book and I tune out and then I'm like, I just read seven paragraphs. I don't know what the fuck I read. I guess I missed <laughs> that. I don't know. When did they say that? But if I'm watching it, oh yeah, yeah. Like I've seen you I absorb. Like, assist me in scenes of something that you had no idea what it was, and then the next scene you're like you've learned how to do the thing right. by just going totally. in there and like dipping your toe in and doing it. Totally. Well, thank you. I mean, I think we we kind of turned into like kinky parents mm. at the end, like, okay, kids, <laughs> this is how but I think that's important Mm -hmm. you know so we finger wagged but in a good way caring nurturing loving way against my motto of safety third (laughs) safety third (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness so um wrapping up let us know and and again for for those listening along all of the links that you're about to get or that you've gotten throughout this episode will be in the show notes at americansexpodcast.com and also some sometimes the show notes bleed over in whatever app you're listening to the podcast in so just look there but really quickly where can we find you? What What's the latest and greatest stuff you got going on? Like what's what's next for Anna Elgos here? Let's see. I try to keep my website up to date with my activities. So you can just go to queenannaalgos.com, find some stuff. Uh, let's see here. What am I doing next? Um, let's see. I have so much stuff going on. Oh, Saturday, October 17th. I'm teaching um, an online class called Silver Scenes, playing with and playing as an older kinkster. <gasps> because as much as we don't want to admit it, we are aging and we need to recognize that our body is changing and that we don't have to leave the scene. We just need to change it, change it change the way we play a little bit to make sure that we are playing safely and making sure that everyone involved is um, having fun. So this scene, uh, this, this class kind of 
you know, breaks down what's happening to your body as you're getting older. And then we talk about things that can help you keep playing. So that is with the chase, not chase dot event create dot com. They're going to have panels and all kinds of classes all weekend and tickets v- vary from $25, $85, super cool class. I'll also be doing a panel with them, um, creating safe spaces for people of color and on a panel for age discrimination. So I find, I discovered that I'm a big um, voice for um, older kinksters and yes. um, POC kinksters. So as an Thank almost you. 50 year old uh, kinkster of color, I am all about all of that. Thank you for doing all <laughs> of that. That's actually pretty exciting yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Yay. And now I can figure out that my 69 is a 71 and that's okay because bad knees <laughs> and bad backs. 71 or an 11? An 11, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the brain goes when you're 52 or however old you are. Finger up each other's ass, and that's 71. Okay. <laughs> but we were on our side somehow, and like yeah. knees and backs were in more comfortable positions. Anyway, anyways, uh, and we can find you on TikTok for sure. For and TikTok for sure. Yeah, where where else? Are those your main places? Or you can see? Else I'm you on face out? Facebook, um, Queen Anna Algos Twitter. Fet Life and Instagram for Queen Anna Algos. And then if you want any of the more like sexy stuff, you can find those links on my website for like Sex Panther, Night Flirt, um, OnlyFans, Just for Fans, all craziness. You can see me beat people and put a hundred clothespins on somebody's cock, you know, Tuesday things. You know what Um, I call that? I call that the blooming onion. Like from, (laughs) because it looks like a blooming onion when you have all those clothespins on balls. Yes. Yeah. I have the colorful ones from like Daiso. So it looks like it's like, oh, it's so Easter and spring. That's cool. Yay. This has been freaking amazing. Uh, I loved getting to talk to you. You know, as we said before we started the recording, we travel in like I'm, a, I'm amazed our Venn diagram hasn't crossed more than it has because we travel right? in the same circles. So I'm glad we got to talk. And I hope we get to talk more. And thank you so much. And I have thank one, you. one thank last you. thing to request your majesty. May we be dismissed. <laughs> you may be dismissed. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All righty. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to American Sex. What's that? You want more? Well, you can start by streaming our TV show on Showtime, Sex with Sunny Megatron. Then pop on over to SunnyMegatron.com. Everything's there. You can get updates on my new book, check out my sex ed and BDSM workshops, learn how to book me for your organization or for coaching. You know, we also want to hang out with you too, right? So come join our Discord community. Or follow along on TikTok or Instagram, Twitter, all the social media. I'm Sunny Megatron everywhere. And you can catch Ken on Twitter or tune in to his weekly D&D games on Twitch. If you want to support the show, a great way to do that is simply to tell people about it. Make a TikTok or tweet about your favorite part of this episode. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review too. And if you're a ride or die American fucker, you're going to want to join our Patreon community. We'll send you official American Fucker stickers, and you'll get a lot more too at patreon.com slash American Sex. Now, just in case you happen to be one of the few that still has disposable income in this late stage capitalist hellscape, well, when you're shopping for a new sex toy, BDSM gear, Kink Academy membership, or other things, please patronize our sponsors and affiliates. You'll get a discount and it helps us too. Win-win. 
All those links and codes are in our show notes. Thanks, American fuckers. We appreciate the heck out of you. See you next time.